Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach, Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. start by saying it is currently fall as I'm recording this episode and fall is my absolute favorite season 10 out of 10 I don't know what it is something about the air is just slightly crisp you can smell the earth you can see all the colors and it just feels like a cozy time and I think I specifically like this part of fall because you're just getting into it and there's so much opportunity to be had all of the fall festivals and things whereas once you're you know in November it's like okay well it's almost over Christmas is gonna come and then yeah back to the new year anyway that was just a fun fact about me Um, And of course, if you're listening to this from a place where you don't have defined seasons, I am in Atlanta, Georgia. And so fall is actually a thing. (sighs) Come try it out sometime. Anyway, completely unrelated today, I wanted to address a question that a listener actually asked about what do you do when life is busy, you're busy, 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 busy. Maybe it's work, maybe it's family obligations, but your significant other very much needs and is asking for your attention and your affection. How do you talk about that? Because that's the kind of situation where it's it's not necessarily going to be, oh, I hadn't thought about it. Now that you say it, here, here's all the attention and love. I'm talking about the situations where you actually have finite resources of attention. And so it's not as simple as just them asking and you giving. What do you do? So let's start with the ask, because you might actually be the person on that side of the equation where your partner is the busy one, the overwhelmed one, the stressed one, and you still have a love tank with needs and desires and just craving to be close to your boo. Of course you do. So step number one, we don't ask when we are currently flooded or agitated. Now, it is more likely that that's probably going to be the moment that you're going to think of to make the request. That's when it's going to come to mind. You might be the type of person who's higher on avoidance. And so you just push it away, push it away. I'm fine. I'm fine. Until you're not. And that's when it bursts out like a volcano. Makes sense. We do similar things with our hunger because we could proactively eat or we wait till our stomach is growling and then like, listen, you need to handle this right now. I'm going to shut this whole thing down. And that's usually where we go and grab the first food that is close to us, healthy or not. So instead of reactive, Just pay attention to the times where you do have those spikes in emotion or longing for your partner. Okay, make a note of it. Cool, cool, cool. And I would say sometimes it's okay to let that moment ebb, let it pass a bit, but keep it in mind 
so that when you're a little bit less emotionally sensitive or volatile, you can revisit it with a cool, calm head and say, hey, babe, do you, I want to just talk about something. Do you have the capacity? And this is where you set a, an invitation with a time frame. Do you have the capacity to talk right now? Or when would you have the capacity to talk? Now, for me, saying words like, do you have the capacity are actually authentic to how I would speak. But um, I want you to talk in your, your real vernacular, your real way of speaking. Any way that you can say, I would like to address this, when can you? That gives them the opportunity to respond with, uh, okay, um, I'm in the middle of da, 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 right now. How about later? Okay, let's make it more specific. Later, like after the kids go to bed or later, like how about when we get home from work, we can just sit on the porch and I'll bring us out, you know, some tea and we could just chat. Now, <laughs> there's a bunch of like branch offs that even come from this, like, what if your partner does not give a time where they're going to be free? And we're going to come to their side of the equation in a second. What if they don't give a time? That's why I would say you propose one or two options that might work. Okay, another thought is, what if you or your partner are avoiding talking? Because whenever you do, one or both of you has a fear it's going to spiral out into an argument. And so you might have been together for six months, six years, 16 years, but you've already developed a pattern where you guys don't talk about serious things because you're trying to avoid what you think is an inevitable argument. What then? Well, the, the cure is kind of a little bit of the, oh, I don't have that metaphor locked in. <laughs> The cure is also some of the problem. You, you need to do the thing. Do the hard thing is what I'm saying. Because we need to practice proactive communication in order to create a new pattern of trust that we can do proactive communication. So if that dynamic describes you, just know that the first couple times we try something like this, yeah, there's going to be resistance on one or both sides. That's okay that's expected that's normal and i promise you the more we can have proactive conversations without them becoming the very thing you fear the more that fear will start to diminish because you can trust it like okay last time we talked it was fine and we had a good day and it didn't spoil the whole weekend okay okay and so hopefully in a couple months or whatever of you doing this new pattern of talking, you can both trust each other to have challenging conversations without breaking connection or causing a volcanic eruption. So that is part one. How do you ask? You start when you are not escalated, when you're calm and cool, and you extend an invitation. I'd love to chat. When do you have the capacity to do so? Now, what happens when you're on the other side of that and you are the person 
that life is going three billion miles an hour, you are quite literally drowning in all of the obligations and responsibilities and stress and sleep deprivation and everything that's going on. You can't handle one extra thing to worry about because you will positively explode. What if that's you? Well, this might seem simple, and you may have thought to do this already, but it's a similar strategy I just gave your partner. When you have a moment where you're not at the brink of completely collapsing, calm, cool, come towards your partner. Hey, babes, um, I just want to let you know I'm drowning right now. There is a lot going on. I'm very stressed. And you might you might feel comfortable explaining to them some of the things that are happening, but this isn't meant to be necessarily a vent session or something for them to solve. This is you just giving a status report because, and this is something I do think happens a lot more with my guys, um, males in partnerships tend to minimize their stress level or not fully communicate stress in a way that their partner can receive and understand as like, okay, we're at critical level. Because you sometimes want to be strong. You want to show that you can push through it. And you are, and you can. But let's do a both and, not an either or. Let's communicate the blinking, flashing red light and also do what you need to be resilient and endure because sometimes you just got to push through. And it's not just the guys. I would say firstborns, um, (laughs) type A people, which tend to be firstborns, immigrant, first-gen people. This is sometimes something we adopt too, is be the strong person and you can't ask for help because you don't really trust that you can rely on anyone. So whoever you are, the instruction is still clear and direct. When you have a moment to breathe, approach your partner proactively and fill them in. Here's what's going on. And I notice, I notice that it's happening. I feel it. I'm overwhelmed. And I notice that it's taking away from some of our time to connect. Now, here's another lens, I guess. There's a difference between the person who is overwhelmed and really they love being with their partner and want the cuddles and want the closeness, but they just don't have the energy to access it or didn't even notice it was happening. And then we have the person who's overwhelmed and their partner usually brings an extra layer of stress and overwhelm. This could be because their partner is depressed or anxious and often absorbs or projects anxiety onto them. It could be because their partner, maybe they are somewhere in the realm of uh, personality disorder where they don't have as much of a capacity for empathy or seeing another person's perspective. And so anytime you talk to them, it always gets internalized as you saying your stress means I did something wrong or something's wrong with me or da 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 This could be a reason why you don't proactively talk with them because they don't have the capacity to hear you. And I will say it again for the people in the back. This is something that 
all of us have the ability to do at times where we make the story about us. I think it's a just human experience in a lot of ways. We are the main characters to our own stories and sometimes we're so set in our perspective and our hurt that we don't hear or see the other person, which is another reason that I love therapy because I think it's a great way to practice seeing other people when you have trouble with it or when it's never been modeled for you what it looks like to hear or see the other person. Maybe you think you're doing it great and your person keeps coming back to you like, you just don't get me or you keep misunderstanding me or you keep making it about you and you're like, what are you talking about? I'm the best partner ever. Ah, what a fun tangent with many, many tree branches on it. Where was I? Okay. So we have one side of the equation where one person is coming in with, do you have the capacity to talk? We have another side of the equation where the person is proactively saying, I'm drowning and I notice it's impacting us. Now, how do we all come together? We are assuming now that you are in your designated time and space where you both have the capacity to talk. There are two types of conversations I think can come come up from this. One is a process conversation. One is a content conversation. Another way for me to say that is one is a here's how I'm feeling conversation. The other one is a here's what we're going to do. To me anyway, it is very important that you preface said conversation. You lead into it by specifying what type of conversation you are about to have, what your intention is in the conversation you are about to have. Because if one person comes in bleeding heart, wanting to feel heard, understood, like an emotional blanket wrapped around them, the other person comes in with facts, figures, those two are oil and water and you will have an explosion of some sort. Or you will just leave feeling dissatisfied and like you didn't actually accomplish anything because you can't you have different objectives how could you accomplish anything so maybe one of you comes in and it's the overwhelmed person and you say i i need help babe i need help and right now i just need you to listen because there's like so much I've been bottling up and it's felt like it hasn't been worth sharing, but I need you to listen and please don't take any of this to be about you. Like this is just about what's going on with me right now. Okay. Are you ready? And so maybe that's the conversation is just all the stuff and that feels better and good to feel validated by your person. And if you are hearing your partner say that your job is to hear, reflect, listen, understand. That's it. Not then take it and copy paste it to what it's mean about me. Now, if you are the person who um, you, you're the one that's wanting a little bit more affection and attention and maybe you're coming in with. You can come in with wanting to feel heard and validated, like I just feel like you haven't seen me. And that that's hurt. And you need that acknowledgement. But perhaps you're coming in for more of a solutions-oriented approach. Like, babes, I know you don't have a lot of energy capacity right now. It would help me, though, 
get through the season if I could just know when we're able to have that time so it doesn't feel like I'm just standing and waiting for you and you know dying of dehydration emotionally because I don't know when the next time is and so you sit together and this is solutions oriented so you pull out your calendars and you say okay the other person says all right look here's where this work meeting is here's that here's when I have to take you know dad to the hospital here's when the kids do this da 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 but this Friday I think I could move this thing in order for us to be able to and then fill it in with whatever it does not have to be a traditional date where you go out and you get a sitter and you do whatever because sometimes that can be more stressful maybe it's just a do nothing day or hour or three hours maybe it's a Let's watch that movie that's been on our watch list for a while and have a little in-home movie date. But the point is that you're looking at your calendar together to carve out the time. It could be a nightly thing where you agree to that, a morning thing each day. It could be one, I, I would love for there to be more than one touch point in a week, but maybe it's one extended touch point, like an hour or two hours versus, you know, just waking up together. But it's just very important. Talk about what conversation you need and go into it with that objective in mind. Let's say you do the solution stuff. You figure out, okay, two weeks we're going on a date. We're going to take a weekend or just stay overnight somewhere. And you come up with the miniature versions of, well, can we just have breakfast together? Or at the end of the day, would you mind if we just you know, snuggle for a bit or go to bed at the same time. Just a miniature version to bridge those gaps between the larger or longer connection points. And so that's it. That is the overview of just the kind of brief first intervention for what do you do when one person is overwhelmed and busy, the other person would like some more affection. How do you touch in on that? And obviously, I highlighted along the way some of the differences and what could be happening for your situation. Like if you have a history where your communication styles are really poor and you end up hurting each other in conversations like that. Um, also, just beware of things like passive aggressiveness throughout the process or avoidance. If you notice yourself avoiding, stop that and do the opposite. <laughs> have proactive communication of some sort and email even I'll take anything and if you notice yourself being a passive aggressive or punishing them making snide comments xyz stop that also it's not helping your situation it is a lot more vulnerable to be proactive I'll tell you that and it's definitely the harder way in the short run it's the more uncomfortable way but long run you get what you want. You get a version where you both prioritize each other or at least try to work together to figure out what prioritizing each other can look like. And that is what we're going for. If this episode was helpful, please take it and use it immediately. <laughs> use it with your partner. Give it a try tonight. See what happens. If you were talking with a friend and you heard they have a similar situation, maybe you forward this episode to them so that they can use it. Um, but I will say, sometimes listening to this is all that you need to kind of 
give you that spark to get going and I love that for you. If so, I would love if you just left me a review. Um, five stars always feels warm and fuzzy, but be true to you. But you know, leaving a review just so that more people can find the podcast. Or if you're feeling like, ooh, Shade, I am one of those people who has a lot more going on than what you mentioned. <laughs> okay. I think we all have our own versions of that. So work with me. Let's do it. Let's figure out how to make this work for your specific situation versus just, you know, the more general overarching approach. Go to the show notes or to my website, myintimacytherapist.com. Schedule a 15-minute consultation. Let's talk face-to-face and figure out how to make this happen for you. And I do think there's a version of this that goes with dating. And so if that is you, dating coaching is an option. Same steps. Let's do it. So... As always, all of this is meant with the hope and the heart that you and your person and the life you create will be one where you feel fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. Thank you. We'll talk soon.